My name is Ryan Smith. And my name is Shannon Hartley. You're listening to the Eastern Oregon Connection, a show celebrating small town community and highlighting the people that make it great. We'll be talking with local business owners, nonprofits, city leaders, farmers, and a host of other interesting people. We hope you'll join us for some personal stories, laughs, local news and events, and an all-around good time. This is the EO Connection. Hey, this is Ryan Smith. And this is Shannon Hartley. We've got a great episode coming your way. We had some conversations with Debbie Kishpaw, longtime dance instructor, a member of the Pendleton community. It's going to be a great time. And we want to take a moment to thank Guild Mortgage for providing us a space to record the Eastern Oregon Connection. Elaine Anderson and her team are ready to help with any of your home financing needs or available to answer any questions to get you on the right path. Now let's get into the podcast with Debbie Kishpaw. Thanks for joining us and buckle up. All right. So, Debbie Kishbaugh. So Hello. Good to, so good to have you <laughs> on the podcast, Eastern Oregon Connection. That's our podcast name. <laughs> Very I'm gonna, good. I'm going to say that to every, every guest that we have. Um, so, for our listeners that don't know you, which I feel like is few in the Pendleton area, for those who don't know you, what's your background with Pendleton? Did you grow up in the area? How did you get to living here? Um, kind of go into your background a little bit with that. Okay. Um, I moved here, I believe I was 23. I interviewed to be the fitness director of Roundup Athletic Club when they were doing their big expansion, and I got the job, and I came here single and ambitious. I uh, One of the first things I did is I called the high school, and I said, hey, I'm Debbie Carlson, and I'm new to Pendleton, is um, I'd like to get involved in the community, and I could coach uh, gymnastics, uh, cheerleading, or dance. And they said, we don't do gymnastics, we have a cheerleader, and we don't want dance. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. So I went about my business at the club, and a little bit later I got a call back from the high school, And they said, okay, well, you know, maybe we're interested. Begrudgingly. (laughs) Yeah. And so then um, I got involved with Liz Leonard. Mm -hmm. And um, basically the first year just kind of watched because she had started with the kids. And then one thing led to another. Um, As the years went by, I was still the fitness director at the club. I got more involved at the um, with what we called rhythmic mode. Let's go rhythmic mode. Let's go rhythmic mode. Honestly, I say that all the time to this day. So one of the first things Liz did, which was really smart of her, is um, she had a a new name contest because they were called the Buckarettes, and that didn't go over so well. Um, So then they came up with uh, rhythmic mode, and we, we liked it, and so that was the new name. And um, one of the things the club, when they hired me, they said, just start anything. Just start anything. We have nothing. So I started kids camps and swimming lessons, and I started a six-week dance camp. And it went over really well. And then the next year, the six weeks became longer, and then it turned into basically dance classes at the club. And I believe it was 1999 Then I uh, quit the club opened the studio and I was still the coach at um, the high school and so then things just evolved from there and yeah so you were 23 when you came to Pendleton did you know anything about Pendleton at the time I had gone to the roundup okay once and went to the rainbow a couple times (laughs) and oh and I went to the saddle when the saddle was on immigrant the old saddle and went to the athletic club Mm -hmm. and that's what I knew about Pendleton and that's that's what I knew yeah (laughs) and I was I'm from Salem I graduated from Salem uh, South Salem High School oh wow and I just took a risk and knew that I wanted something different and so here I am knew you wanted something different yeah and And so I and and I yeah yeah I didn't think that I was going to become a dance teacher coming here I just thought I was going to get involved in a new community and sure. start roots. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, 
You have something yeah, to tell me, Yeah, I have to interject. So I actually was born in Pendleton, but I grew up in Salem. Oh, okay. And so uh, I went to West Salem High School, which was... Oh, that's like prestige. <laughs> it was a pretty high new high end. school. Yeah. I was really fortunate because the school had only been constructed for a couple years by the time that I had actually gone. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a pretty cool um, school. It felt like a college campus. Yeah, that's and, what they say about it, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah, nice turf football field and just really great facilities that was a cool way to start high school yeah um but do you miss the valley do you have a lot of connections I still miss, that way? i do not miss it at all <laughs> i miss my family sure um, my mom and my sister still live there mm-hmm. but i do not miss it at all the rain is so depressing we shannon and i talk about that because he you know spent years in east or uh, in eugene going to u of o mm-hmm. um but it's rough yeah <laughs> yeah the rain is rough yeah was that what it was for you, or is it something else, bigger cities? Or? Um. Well, my, my grandma, my mom's mom, well, my parents, they grew up in a little town called Winston, which is oh, outside yeah. of Roseburg, Bro- and we yeah. used to be down in Roseburg all the time, and I kind of fell in love with Roseburg. It was a smaller town. Mm-hmm. I was actually born in Eugene, and we moved to Salem. What hospital? Uh, huh? What hospital? Sacred Heart. Okay. Yeah. I was born in Mackenzie Willamette in Springfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I just always had kind of fallen in love with a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed simpler. And um, so at any rate, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know any a lot about Pendleton, but I knew it was smaller and it seemed just friendlier, mm. more community. So I took a risk and I'm like, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and so at what point did you meet uh, your husband? Um, it was probably about only four or six weeks after being here. Oh, okay. wow. he, yeah. Uh, Rush Kishpa, he's uh-huh. a real goofball. Um, he <laughs> came to one of my classes and was just a class clown. And, uh, we ended up talking and, you know, hit we, it off. we hit it off. Yeah. Hit it off right away. Do you feel like he came to your class interested in learning about dance, or did he have a thing for the instructor? <laughs> mixed. I think it was mixed. Yeah, I really okay. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. So you guys yeah. hit it off with He dance was class. highly motivated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So add uh, add that to the list of things dance has done for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you made it sound like you, you weren't sure the dance was a thing that you were going to do nope. for a career. Nope. So Didn't know it at all. So when you started dance, it wasn't like, this is what I want to do nope. for the rest of my life. No, but it's really interesting because as a young child, I was always creating things. Mm-hmm. I was always making things, costumes and books. And mm-hmm. um, I'm the oldest of four girls. Oh. And um, we're all very animated and loud and whatnot. And I started, I'm the oldest, and I started directing little shows within our house that we would put on for our parents. So there was this thing inside of me that said, you know, do this, do this with music and uh, music and songs and movement and and whatnot. And so that's actually where it started is me doing, directing my sisters around and popping popcorn and putting on little shows for my parents. <laughs> and then in high school, um, at Leslie Middle School, which, you know, is attached or yeah. was attached to South Salem. I don't know if it is anymore. Is I volunteered and I was their little dance team coach. And oh, it wasn't okay. middle school, then it was junior high. So it was Leslie Junior High. Right, I remember high. Leslie yeah. Middle School because I went yeah. to Walker. So it was part of that same league. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that's actually leads into one of my other questions that I had for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you touched on it a little bit, but I was wondering about, and we'll get into your success as a dance coach later, but um, my question was about leadership and where that came from. Did it come naturally or did you have to learn it? Um, oh, I, I've had to learn it. I've okay. had to learn it. So at a young age, I was always organizing and, you know, in in school, I was organizing things and doing stuff. And um, so there was... There was something in me that said lead, but I didn't know it at the time is I was leading. I was organizing, sure. but I was just really bossy too. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long, 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 long time to realize there's a difference between being bossy and leading. And with the high school dance team, it, I don't know. I'd have to look. It's been like 35 years. Um, 
it took me 7, 10, 11 years of coaching. And us just basically staying stagnant. You know, we were third to fifth place. Mm-hmm. And, was, and that that, was that that like 01 to... No, this is 1987 to the early 90s. Okay. And just... You know, realizing that um, we were stagnant Mm -hmm. and I didn't have anybody that had coached me. So it's not like I had an example that said, this is, you know, this is what you do. Um, I just had a huge, 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 huge passion and massive energy. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that something was missing. So we fiddled around with different things. And eventually what I concluded was is... Our kids needed skills. They needed um, technique skills. So we needed to put in time that just went over our technique and our skills. But then they also needed skills on how to lead themselves. And what I learned is the hardest person to lead is yourself. So it's really easy for me to say, go do this, go do this, go do this. And for me to boss the heck out of everyone. And I boss well. Um, But do I lead myself? And so then I I just started reading books. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Did you start reading leadership books? I did. I did. And over the years, and again, that it could have been five years. It could have been a decade. It, it might have been a decade. I don't even know. But um, I really then migrated towards Christians hmm. and um, coaches that were Christians and athletes. And my favorites became uh, Tony Dungy. Um, And I read all of his books and, you know, what he had to say and um, different things he had. And then um, Coach Wooden became my all-time favorite. And... So quotable. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And... uh, and and then I just kept on seeking things out and seeking things out. And then I came across uh, John Maxwell. Mm. And I found out that John Maxwell, his mentor, was Coach Wooden. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so then I started, you know, reading all these things. And at the time, then phones came up and you could get little things on your phone. And I do daily still Minute with Maxwell. Mm. Um it might have been five, no, it's been six or seven years ago. But then I started finding out more about John Maxwell, mm-hmm. and um, I went and got certified as a John Maxwell leader. Really? Yeah. So uh, I went to Florida, and I did their big training session and came back. And a lot of times what they're doing is they're coaching you um, – not everybody, but you're talking big, 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 big organizations. You know, mm-hmm. like you're working for huge companies or that's what you're going to do. You're going to be doing leadership. Big companies are going to hire you out to come into their company and, you know, do whatever it is they need to be done. Or a lot of it has to do with working for different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was taking the best of his people and going into third world countries and working with their government and stuff. And that's not what I was looking for. And I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, whoa, this is so much bigger (laughs) than I had ever anticipated. But there's still good stuff there that you can use. Yeah. I I worked at a Christian book publisher, so I know all all about Joan Maxwell. (laughs) Yeah, and so eventually I just realized that what I was really looking for was strong Christian leaders is that's Mm -hmm. what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And I found that through those, you know, through those, um, those coaches. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have like a, a a daily or a blurb or maybe a philosophy you could share with us that comes from any of these help? (laughs) (laughs) Um, that I don't, there's, uh, well, one is John Maxwell talks about the law of the lid. And so you're, you're done if you say you're done. And when you put the lid on. Yeah, yeah. So you can, you can keep growing as much as you want. Or, and if you keep on doing the same thing, basically you're not growing as you've become dead and stagnant. Yeah. Um, and what I learned through this pandemic is, one, I was kind of forced to be 
stagnant, you know, and the others, then I chose to be stagnant Mm -hmm. through fear and the unknown and skills I didn't have to, Mm -hmm. or I didn't realize I had to cope with things. And I was starting to lose so much that I had invested my life in, you know, like the high school dance team. Um, we're really, really small now. I, you know, I thought I was going to lose the studio. There's just so much that I, I thought I was losing. And during all this, one of the things that dawned on me is I went, I've always reached out to someone to be my mentor. Hmm. I've always done that um, for a long, long time. And first it was in dance. You know, I looked for people that could help me with choreography or cleaning up. I know that may not make sense to you. And so I always had someone in the dance world that was way, 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 way bigger than me, um, you know, at a national level and stuff. And then I had John Maxwell to learn how to lead. And I had realized that I wasn't looking for anything bigger than myself. And so I know that I've really drawn this out, but basically I did to myself what I, things that I'd read about, which was as I was starting to wither and to die mm-hmm. because I wasn't growing anymore. You weren't adapting, you weren't growing. Exactly. And so, like I said, some of it was because I didn't know, you know, I'd never been through it. It's like first time parent, you don't know. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> just all these things you didn't know, you didn't know. And I was letting the unknown and the fear get the best of me. Mm-hmm. And um, then, like I said, one day I woke up and went, I'm not trying to be bigger. And when I say bigger, I don't mean famous. I don't mean famous. I don't mean rich. I mean growth-wise, you know. Mm -hmm. Personally. Personally. Do I know more today than I did yesterday? Have we tried something new? And I realized the only new skills I'd learned were survival skills (laughs) or (laughs) panic skills. Um, (laughs) So it's been kind of a miserable two years of everything that I had been working on and was right under my nose, but I didn't use it. And I didn't realize all those things that I'd been building on or preaching until I had been, you know, kind of starting to wither out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, boy, what a what an adventure this has been for everybody. I mean, we've all been hit in ways that we just could never imagine, but um I guess I wanted to ask too, what, what are some qualities that you think makes an ideal dancer? If you're looking for somebody. Okay. I won't call him a dancer. I'm going to call him an athlete. Yeah. Yeah, An athlete. And it's heart, (laughs) heart, heart. Thank you for correcting us. Yes. Thank you. Well, no, I don't mean that I, I, I'm talking about if, if, if it's football, if it's speech, if it's choir, whatever. Yeah. Um, I honestly think it's heart and this year's team that I have were really, really small, but they've been demonstrating that and they've reminded me of that, mm-hmm. that it really does come down to heart because your talent's worth squat if you're a terrible team member and you've got a bad attitude and you're, um, uh, well, you're just not a team player. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on some of the ways that um, our, your athletes can kind of be cohesive what what makes a good what are some some things that need to be done to kind of bring cohesion to a team um you have to be selfless mm-hmm. and then one thing i've noticed in i hate saying this but in today's generation and a lot, i'm going to come back and clarify this um but a lot of kids are very um entitled mm-hmm. and it's but then our society that's kind of the way i think that we're living you know the way i grew up and the way you know people today are growing up so if anything we're also hitting i'm hitting a brick wall with them because it's stuff i don't understand because i've kept on doing the stuff that i've known since i was ever how young i was and i keep on using those skills Mm -hmm. and we've got a different philosophy kind of going on in I think, in general, and we're clashing. Hmm. And it's because, in my opinion, hard work is hard work is hard work. And there's no other way of getting around it. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing something solo, you're, you know, 
you're a gymnast and you're doing something on your own or you're a track star or swimming and you're doing something on your own, that's about you. But when you're on a team, it really has to be that you've got to give up a part of yourself to be part of that team. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a hard quality of, you know, giving up part of yourself and being willing to see the other person's side and give up your time and give up your energy. And anytime you're a champion, I, my experience is you're going to have to put in more time than the average person, period, of in discussion. And that's hard. Yeah. And it's really, really, really hard. It is. I feel like I feel really strongly. It's been said that, you know, we have a, a comfort crisis. And I think, you know, to get better at anything or to be a more rounded person, to learn, to grow, to get stronger, you have to be able to embrace failures and putting yourself in un- uncomfortable positions. Right. And doing things that, like you said, or maybe sacrifices that you wouldn't necessarily normally want to do, but maybe it's to help promote the team. You're learning something. You're you're getting better in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, we uh, let's say a dancer is going across the floor and they're doing a turn sequence and they fall flat on their face, and we try to applaud that like, "Yay, you fell trying!" <laughs> versus, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, how embarrassing!" We try to say that is so awesome that you were taking a risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally That's good. Mm-hmm. So. Correct me if I'm wrong. The first state title was, was it 2001? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the first state title. And then you win it again. What I really want to talk about here, though, is 2008 to 2013. Uh-huh. What was in the water? What what happened? I figured out the formula. You figured out the formula? I figured okay. out the formula. Let's hear it on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. What is the secret <laughs> sauce? Well, I had the kids coming up from the studio, mm-hmm. so they were familiar with me, mm-hmm. and they... And for those who don't know, who are listening, that junior jam. Oh, six state titles in a row, correct? Right, yeah. Which, has that ever been done before in Oregon for, um, for dance? I don't know. Oh, wait, uh... I don't know. I know that Staten has nine titles. I don't know if it's done consecutively, though. Okay, but either yeah. way, it is, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. And, yeah. of course, you know, we graduated in 2010, so we were kind we of, right in the we got to it. witness it, yeah, firsthand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got friends who are four-time state champs, and but let's let you get back into what, what you um, were. We were a well-oiled about. machine. Um, like I said, I had figured out so many things and we were being rewarded for it, you mm-hmm. know, cause I had planted the seeds earlier mm-hmm. and that was what we were talking about, about working on our technique and, you can start in September on your technique, but that ain't going to, I mean, you're going to be better come March, but you really need to be working on it way younger. Um, and the same with leadership and having to, what, what Laura and I call tools in your toolbox, mm-hmm. things that you can grab from. Like, how, how do I deal with this person that I can't stand? Um, we do on the team, and Laura's doing it right now, we do teach the pyramid of success. Mm-hmm. We literally have pyramids. We will take a piece of paper and we'll say, okay, the first pyramid we're learning about is industriousness. And what is that? It's, it's work with a plan. And so then we put that up and then we come back, you know, a day later and we add the next one and we just build that pyramid. And we, so when something comes up with the team and we did this in 2013, um, we had uh, Haley Parsons the night before we went on she ended up going to the hospital with uh, um, uh, appendicitis. Okay. And we had a male dancer, Jensen, who shared a spot. And we talked about, okay, one of the pyramids that we've talked about is adaptability. Here it is. We've talked about it all year, about being adaptable. This is how it works. Can we do it? And so what we did is we came up with a plan with the team and we said, because you get to do a 10-minute floor time on the Coliseum floor. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't had that yet. Okay. And so we pulled Jensen aside and we said, because he shared a spot, and we said, okay, here's the film. Here's your spot. Can you learn this and be ready for our floor time? No pressure. 
<laughs> I right, right? And so we had our floor time. The team pulled together and rallied for him. And this is where you go. This is how you, and the whole time we're running the routine, there's like, over here, go on five, to your right. And I'll be dipped. We took the floor that night. He made no errors. We ended up winning the state championship. And so, again, you know, it was just having those things for the kids to pull from. But it had we had planted those seeds in what, two thousand late nineties, mm-hmm. and just like any seed, it takes time to grow. Well, mm-hmm. by then, we had a pretty solid foundation under us, and it was working. Sure. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, and, that's amazing. And you're talking about Junior Jam, these kids coming through a right, system, right, right. And how did that get set up? Because that didn't get started until you were here for a while. So, and then Well, like, it was the six-week thing I had started okay. at the club. And one thing led to another, led to another, led to another, led to another. And it just kept growing and growing. And um, my daughter, Piper, had gotten cancer as a young girl. And at uh, any rate, by the end of her treatment, which took three, three and a half years... You know, I still was keeping all the balls in the air. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was feeling pretty broke. And I was just like, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. So I quit the club, and I took a huge, 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 huge risk. At least I thought so. And I was going to take those students that were at the club, and I was going to start a dance studio. And so I did, and, you know, it paid off. And then it continued to grow and stuff. And I continued to grow, so... um any rate. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have a question? Oh, well, what just what a journey is. I mean, Shannon and I have young kids. And so you mentioning, you know, Piper's journey, boy, uh, just the courage to get through that alone, Debbie, I can't even imagine, you know, some of the trials and tribulations that you guys have had to face as a family. But, um, and going back to, um, going back to the state, all, you know, all the state titles, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't a, a high school event during my whole time in high school that I went to that was more fun than going down to Portland and, and watching guys, oh. watch you guys win the state title. I went mm-hmm. two years in a row. I think I went my junior year and my senior year. And there's just so much fun. And you, when you're watching from up above in the stands, it's like you hold your breath during the whole thing. And it, mm-hmm. it's because you know so many of them. And all the parents are there, and everyone's staying at the same hotel. Yeah, and it's just like it was electric. A ball yeah. of a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it yeah. was a lot of fun. Can you talk us through a little <laughs> bit of the process of you know picking your songs and building your routine? What that looks like? Um, well, again, you know, I I started early, so in the nineties, uh, reaching out to people like I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I majored in PE in -hmm. college, and I minored in dance. And um, But I never had a mentor, you know, when I was younger that I learned all this stuff from. I needed to learn. And so I just kept on reaching out to people that were so much bigger than me. And, you know, not just a step above, but way bigger than me and Mm -hmm. way more success and uh, just learning and trying to, you know, craft my personality. And I know from a young age, music has always spoke to me really big time, big time. And I can come back and tell you a story about that later. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes just something will come and it'll, it's just like, there's something in me that goes, that's it. And then things start falling into places. And I've got such a vivid imagination that just runs here and runs there. And a lot of times I've got to wrestle everything in because it's just like all of this stuff. But um, I'm a processor and I, uh, where I sit at night and watch TV is I keep a, pad and a pencil and every time I have ideas I write it in or I Mm. tear something out from a magazine and I put it in there and I just keep all my ideas and just kind of like an onion I keep on whittling away and whittling away and whittling away and um, coming up with an idea and there's so many things I've learned like colors there's something psychological to them they speak to you Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I invested a lot of time into colors, you know, what a color means. And so when I'm picking a costume, like your year, we did El Matador. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was about a bullfight. Yeah. And Parker Blakely was the bull. We were talking about Right. <laughs> and most likely, so I was doing, you know, I really investigate things and I looked into the costuming and what it means and I found out most people what color do you think they'd do for costume red they would do but I for a matador for yeah for a matador yeah and so I looked into it and actually that's not what they do in Spain one of the most common colors is pink or bright pink or blue Mm. and I thought well I want this to be really authentic so you know I just you just do your homework and you how are people going to feel because we're different than football, you know a touchdown is a touchdown is a touchdown and you can't <laughs> deny it, but if I can make someone feel a certain way, sure, then maybe I can grab some points from those judges and they're going to miss my weaknesses if I make them feel a certain way, and mm-hmm. so I really spend a lot of time into your body when you stand this way. And we talk to the kids about that all the time, like your body language, mm-hmm. what story is it telling, mm-hmm. colors, your face, when you do this to it, what story does it tell? I mean, there really is a lot that's put into it other than, okay, kickball change, kickball change. Sure. There's a lot of psychological things put into it of what they have to do to make you feel and you feel a certain way. That's an interesting dynamic because, like you said, not so cut and dry as a score on a scoreboard. You're really right. playing with subjective kind of emotions and right. and you're really trying to play into kind of the favor of the judges. Right. right. Okay. And I think it's probably those little details that help you win championships. Uh, well, maybe. Um, you know, <laughs> it's it's the music. So, like, with music. So, one of the things we tell the kids, and they'll they, I say it over and over and over, The audience needs to see what they hear. So Mm. if they hear this in the music, they need to see it. Mm -hmm. And so what would sadness look like on your body? Or what would, you know, being scared look like? Or what would, you know, whatever Mm. the emotion is. And then, then my job is, is to costume them or to do forms so if I make a circle, that's soft and that's round. Mm-hmm. That's going to not be rigid. So if I want something to be rigid, I'm going to make a dense form, you know, a square. Um, the denser it is, so here's a big square. If I bring it in, it's a smaller square where everyone's on top of each other. There's more power between that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of thinking about, again, we need, the audience needs to see what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. That's so good. It's that like, is. well, I mean, like my wife and I love watching The Voice and you know, they're right. always talking about emoting. Right. You know, singing and giving emotion. And it's the same thing with dance. When you're dan- like dance, dancing, you're moving and you have to give emotion off with that as well. But that's, that's really well, good. Well, okay. So uh, speaking of The Voice, so Blake Shelton, uh, I like The Voice. One of the things he's always telling his his contestants is to enunciate. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to know what that word is. I want to hear that T or I want to, you know, whatever. So in dance, we talk about a phrase. So when you do that dance sequence, are you putting a period at the end of it? Is it a run on sentence? Is it a question mark? Is it an exclamation? So am I done or is it What's she doing? I mean, what what was I supposed to get out of that? Mm-hmm. Debbie, you're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> with, like, yeah, in depth dance. Oh, like, and then knowledge. I'm, and I'm just trying to imagine being able to synchronize that with how many athletes on the floor at one time yeah, too. Like Forty. Yeah. Like, well, we're we very were, small now. We're we very were, small now. We're rebuilding. Yeah. Those championship um, teams, though, like about average what? Um. Size. Okay. So the biggest team, and it wasn't a championship team, was 53 kids. And we will never, ever, ever do that again because that was <laughs> miserable. Um, but we were averaging like 30s. Okay. And that's a, I mean, we did have bigger teams. We really did. Um, I think the year you guys, 2010, we probably had, we danced 36-ish or 32. 
Last year we only danced twelve. We're only dancing twelve oh, this year. We're pretty small. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have no seniors. We're we're definitely on a rebuild, big time. Mm. Um, and that's probably mostly due to COVID. Like they had to take a year. Um. Off well. Uh. You know that's a whole. No- I, I I honestly don't know, and that's just something that's really killed me i mean Mm -hmm. it really killed me like why won't these kids come back why what am i doing wrong and i would Mm -hmm. just say that over and over and over and over and like i had told you is i reached out to you know christian leaders as that's kind of the route i wanted to go and there's Mm -hmm. other good leaders out there but that's just the route i wanted to go and one of john maxwell's sayings is is sometimes people aren't meant to go on the journey with you, yeah. you know, and that's a that's a hard thing for me because I've always had a sense of community, and I've always had a sense of, okay, so you got two left feet, all right, you want to be on the team, I'm all for you being on the team as long as you're going to work, 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 and you're not going to be some like goofball and be a pain in my rear. So I'm way okay with you not having any dance skills and. A, yeah, come join. If you want to dance, let's all let's all do this. I've always had a sense of that, you know, and like being at the club and people doing Zumba. And I've, I've always had a sense of let's all do this. And then all of a sudden, nobody wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to do it. And that was really tough for me. But sometimes, you know, people just aren't meant to go on a journey with you. And Laura and I, for probably a good five years, we had seriously... At the end of every year, we would get together and we'd say, okay, what's wrong? What's wrong? What do we need to do for next year? And we looked at each other and we said, we're getting too big. We're getting too big. This is just becoming too big. It's becoming too much. There's too many things. Too much to control. There's too much to control, even though we knew how to win. And so I guess it was God's way of saying, well, let me help you out here. (laughs) Let me help you out here. Um, I'm going to help you simplify. So here we go. Okay, (laughs) it's pretty simple right now. (laughs) So one of the things I've been wondering is that, especially after those six years of just championship, 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 I'm sure you had some opportunities to go elsewhere and teach dance or just opportunities in general to do dance elsewhere. But did you make it a point or do you just love Pendleton? I love Pendleton. Okay. Um, I love Pendleton. And quite honestly, this is people tell me this all the time. And so I get it. I know it. I I know it. That I'm very, very intimidating. And um, they're like, oh, but you're so intimidating. You're so intimidating. Other schools did reach out for me. I did help other, um, like I choreographed for Hermiston and, um, helped them a couple times. Was, um, that, was that recently? Oh, no, no. Because I thought that I no. saw, when I looked up um, earlier, like all the state champions, I thought I saw Hermiston a few years back at maybe first or second. Uh, well, they had uh, their head coach, Susan Stevens, is one of our old coaches, our oh, assistant coaches. Uh, and it's, it's, and you get she, the Nick Saban That's right, yeah. yeah. And the Belichick she approach. Was, she had worked forever and still at Good Shepherd. And um, they had some family situations come up where her husband needed to, I believe, have treatments and stuff in Tri-Cities. So it was just a good decision for them to move to Hermiston. And when she moved to Hermiston... Um, Things worked out, and immediately they nabbed her up, and mm-hmm. she's obviously very, very amazing, and she's done a, a great job with them. So they did win one state title okay. in Washington. Yeah, that's they're when that. they're in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, Got it. Yeah. Okay, I thought I'd bring that up since I since I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's very clear that the process that you've uh, laid out is giving your athletes a lot of life skills, certainly. But could you talk a little bit about uh, the life beyond high school for dancers? What kind of opportunities are there after high school? Okay, so uh, Parker Blakely, uh, Elizabeth Baldwin, uh, somebody else, they went on and they've done things professionally. Um, We have an old dancer, Remington Christensen. He's currently at Chapman, I believe. He's a junior. That's a performer. That's where Parker went, yeah. And so, you know, that's they're pursuing, you know, professional things. 
Uh, we have had kids that have gone on to college. Uh, Kelsey Cavallo, I think, yeah. yeah. She danced at UVO in Boise State. And I was actually at the UVO at the same time as her. Okay. And then she, yeah, then then she, she went to Boise. Yeah, yeah, and you really want to dance at Boise State because you're pretty much a princess if you go there. You really are. <laughs> um, I mean, you really get the royal treatment and stuff. And uh, so there's kids that have gone on to do that. Um, some kids have gone on to coach. Um, then there's others, they've just used their skills like Hannah Smith, you know, she's in town and she's teaching, uh, it's called turn up. It's like a new kind of Zumba. So there's people that are, you know, doing that. They're teaching those kind of things or personal training. But I think probably the big take back is just life skills mm -hmm. and being able to get yourself through a tough, ugly type of situation. Yeah. Well, that's, Tools in your toolbox. That's yep. what I was going to say is even, you know, bigger than going on to do dance stuff. The fact that these girls were, when we were in high school, getting up at what time? We in had the practice I mean, at 5.30. 5.30 in the morning. Oh, man. To be doing that in high school, that's going to, I mean, stay with you for the rest of your life. Uh, Shelby, Shelby Garrett, she said it kiddingly, but also serious. She's like, you ruined me for life. <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of meant it. We know Shelby. You Hi, Shelby. <laughs> you ruined me for life. Like, and I, you know, there was a little funniness to that. Like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe I did. Uh. It's like she, she wants to be someone who sleeps in, but she can't. Well, <laughs> yeah. So my daughter, Morgan, um, she went on to Western and she flip-flopped me. She majored in dance, minored in PE and health. Oh, funny. Um, and then she did dance professionally for Ida Lee for a year and toured Europe and danced and choreographed and that kind of stuff. I've heard that name. That's a big name. Right? It is a big name, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, one of the things Morgan said, because she grew up on rhythmic mode and all that kind of stuff, is she said, you will never in your life ever, ever work that hard again the way that you work on dance team, like the all-day Saturday practice mm -hmm. that, you know, before state. She goes, you will never physically or mentally ever have to walk, work that hard again so she's gone, for anything. She's gone through all this professional stuff right. and she's looking back and like, right. you guys right. are never, this, the, this is the hardest you'll work. This is, yeah, this is kind of silly, you know. <laughs> but that's, you know, that was the only way I knew of winning. And it's just that every little detail, mm -hmm. getting it right, getting it right, getting it right, getting it right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned it earlier that when you got started, you, you were, you just had a lot of energy. Like you wanted mm -hmm. to do something, you wanted to get it started. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I reached out to one of your four-time state champions, uh, Becca Kobzeff. Yeah. And I reached out to her um, that we were going to have this interview. And she was like, I always wanted to know where she got the energy to do everything she does in a given week. I mean, working, I think she said it was like, she works like 70 plus hours, you know, maintaining kids and just family life and mm -hmm. social life and just everything that was her big thing was like where does she get the energy for it all i don't know that's just something i've always had and mm -hmm. it's really interesting because morgan's son soren is i saw some, he's gonna be two and he loves music he loves it and i know your audience won't see this but um cuckoo kangaroo <laughs> has a pizza song out and that's his favorite. And when he sees music, he does this. <laughs> and it's just like he lights up inside. And uh -huh. I was like, okay, somebody else gets it. Uh! <laughs> you know, it's like a wire or an energy goes through you like, oh, yeah. I got to do something to this. Oh, that love of music is so, yeah. so good and strong for the spirit. Definitely. Um, oh, you said you would kind of go back to some of your love of music and sharing some stories with that. Um, well, a lot of times, you know, I'll hear a piece of music and immediately if it's like, oh, you know, that's a bicep track or, oh, that's for Zumba or, oh, that would be cute for the three-year-olds or I'm just, it automatically it clicks with me. And during this pandemic, I just noticed myself really withering and withering and withering. And I had serious conversations like it's maybe it's time to stop. Maybe it's just time to be done with all this, because not only was that going on, but um, 
my husband was diagnosed with cancer and we were going through that and there were other things and it's just like it was one more thing, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. And it's just, you know, worn out. It was just like I was not physically, but I think spiritually just empty. Yeah. And I was mad at God. And, you know, that's a whole nother issue and stuff, but just drained. And I had lost my faith and lost everything. And I had noticed that music didn't speak to me anymore. I mean, it just didn't. It's just, it was hard. It was like, what do I do to this? What do I do? I, you know, it just, I don't know. I, it just, it didn't mm-hmm. speak to me. And so I listened to T.D. Jakes. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, one of the things he says is that when you don't know what to do, you just keep doing what you do. And you just keep on growing and keep on going. And he had a really, really good sermon. And it talked about a seed being planted. And he gave different things like an embryo. They're in the dark for nine months. But after nine months, you get this wonderful gift. And he talked about seeds that they're planted in the earth by themselves all alone. And I heard those messages and just kind of clung on to that, that you know, maybe this is my in the earth or whatever moment or I pray it is because I'm, you know, I'm, it, it's dark, it's lonely, yeah. it's empty, it's, it's empty. Mm-hmm. And then um, just nothing was coming to me. And one day, and this has been fairly recently, but the song, um, not S- Silence is Golden, it's a, is it a 60s or 70s song? Sure. And I heard it. And immediately went, oh, that would make the funniest library routine about your support. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, something, there's something coming back in me. You know, mm-hmm. this is the first time in ever how long that something's waking up in me. And then uh, Laura Franks, who's the assistant coach, and we're kind of like a married couple. We've been together maybe longer than we've been married. <laughs> um, and she just kept on saying, Debbie, hang in there. This is not the way you want things to go. Just see it through, see it through, see it through. One more step, one more step, one more step. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things that I'd been preaching to everybody else for 34 years. You got to listen to them yourself. Yeah, and I, I did. And she was there just basically holding my hand saying, one more step, one more step, one more step. And I kind of feel like, okay, things are, you know, coming to fruition again. And maybe it's just supposed to be kind of like, kind of a slightly different product or in, including mm-hmm. me, like yeah. what are those things you can get rid of and how can you, you know, be a new version of yourself? Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, adapt. How can you adapt to the situation? Right. Change. Pivot. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you being so forthcoming because I know everybody's journey has been a little different, but I feel like we've all had some kind of similar challenges that we've had to face over these last couple of years. And right. It's definitely maybe given us an opportunity to look inward and, and like you said, kind of reevaluate things that matter. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that your inspiration has kind of come back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I feel like like our message this year um, for state for the high school dance team, it's called Coming Through the Darkness. And it's basically, we're doing something kind of new for the high school. It's not about music. It's a spoken word. Oh, I love spoken word. And it's very, very strong. And the beginning of it does just say, you know, you're in the darkness, you're by yourself, and this is how you feel. But then by the end of the message, we're getting to the point where there is hope. You did make it through the journey. Good mm-hmm. things are going to happen. And... Um, I really do believe that. I mean, I really, really, truly do believe that. Like, mm-hmm. okay. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. How did, uh, where did that get sparked from the idea to do spoken word? Were you, did that, were you listening to spoken word or did someone? Yeah, I'm always it? listening stuff. I mean, I'm always listening to stuff. Um, if anything, I'm listening to stuff for me just to feed myself. Like in the morning when I get ready, I might listen to TD Jakes or, uh, Joyce Myers or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I always listen to my minute with Maxwell that mm-hmm. I get every day. And then I'm always just listening to stuff. And like I said, music talks to me. And 
um, for whatever reason, just because I like music and um, I'm always looking at inspirational things. And I came across <clears throat> this thing and I was like, eh. And then I went back to it again and went back to it again. And I guess it's one of those things where you, when you can't let it go, you know, maybe you should visit it. There's mm-hmm. something there. There's something yeah. there. Why do I keep like Like maybe back to this? when you're selling homes, someone's like, well, maybe I should drive by that house again. Well, maybe I should drive by that house and look at it. Maybe I should drive by that look, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you like it for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> have you so this is kind of it seems like it's kind of off topic but have you heard uh or seen the movie or read the story unbroken remind me okay so i love books and i'm just the, the parallel seems like it's coming to me a little bit here so it's a movie now too right it's there's a movie called unbroken but it was written uh yeah and it's a true story basically that the guy's name was louis zamperini and he was this is during world war ii he was going to be an olympic runner and then he enlisted in the Air Force uh, and operated a bomber. Basically, it's a, a long, incredible story of somebody kind of wrestling with their faith and overcoming just tremendous obstacles when their bomber gets shot down, they survive in the open ocean for a couple months. Okay, so we did a number called Wounded Warriors, mm-hmm. and... As a team, we went and watched that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm always looking for something that inspires the kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, the year we did that Wounded Warrior, we also, um, we surprised the kids and we gathered up uh, some vets and we met at uh, Stillman Park and we let them share their stories with them. And oh, wow. Judge... Um, he passed away just two years ago, Judge. Um, he was he was the conductor for the cowboy band. Um, tor- uh, judge, uh, at any rate, he probably gave me a ticket at some point. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, he was there. We had uh, we had a a, a female uh, who had been in a, a female uh, army sergeant who she had been in Afghanistan or in Iraq and we had you know my husband was there and they all just told their stories of what it was like to survive because I wanted the kids to know this is this is the story you're telling let's yeah. understand it firsthand yeah be able to emote yeah the, yeah yeah exactly that's wonderful and what a great way to to pay homage to those that have served for us so wow I, I didn't know about that that's a yeah, beautiful story yeah so if there's opportunities out there we try to um grab them and one of the things laura and i've talked about we're just waiting is that movie come it's called um underdog american underdog Mm. um about the football player uh oh is it the kurt warner kurt warner yeah 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 Yeah. another christian leader yep exactly and so we're talking about going to that so the kids can see you know yeah that's awesome i love that you can draw inspiration from those kind of stories that Yeah. yeah That'll be really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I've only got a few more questions. Do you have any more? I just wanted to ask you a little bit about Debbie outside of the dance world. Oh, yeah. and what, kind of, what kind of hobbies and interests do you have? Um, I'm actually pretty quiet. I'm a, I'm a homebody. I love gardening. Okay. And I'm outside. We have a huge, huge, huge lawn. And so I, I'm a busy person. I just like physically being busy. Mm-hmm. So that time of the year, April to November, October, I'm outside all the time just playing in the dirt. Um, I stay at home. We're pretty simple. We love our family. We get together. Um I don't do anything like huge, 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 huge. We're pretty quiet, pretty simple. Well, we're not quiet. We're actually really loud. <laughs> but we're pretty simple. And um, uh, I like just, you know, staying here in the community. And we'll do some big things now and then. Sure. Yeah. So the the yard work, do you like kind of growing your own garden that yep. you like to eat? Is that kind of your goal with your um, yard work? Or? I just, well, again, it's the artistry, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like, okay, what, how to, how tall should these, that's funny. Cause I went, I used gardening once to work on forms <laughs> and you know, they talk like in gardening, you know, you have for texturing, you got your things in the back and your things in the front and you're supposed to have foliage and 
it's all F words. I don't remember foliage and whatever it means for things to dangle. And, new, uh, <laughs> new way to drop an F-bomb. Yeah, yeah. F-words. So then I was like, oh, that's a good idea for forms. Uh-huh. Um, I like doing that, and then I love to bake, and I love to cook. Um, so we don't eat out a lot. I like making everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. Kind of a homebody that way. Sure. <laughs> We're, we're interested in getting more involved in kind of food preservation. That's not something that I have a lot of experience with, pickling and canning and stuff. Yeah, but we, we I, do, I do that every year. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I guess COVID's kind of given us a new appreciation and respect for self-sustainability, even if it's just a little backdoor garden, you mm-hmm. know, so. Well, um, back to Piper is... Uh, from all of her radiation and stuff. And I've always like I've always been a homebody. I like to cook and everything. But um, she's got multiple problems, and we found out that she's what's called adrenal insufficient, which means she has a poor immune system. And at um, any rate, we were noticing that diet was really, really, really affecting her, but didn't know a whole lot about it. We mm-hmm. I took her to Dr. The Peterson Clinic in Hermiston, and they were wonderful. And then I read The Maker's Diet, yeah. and it's a Christian story again. And Jordan, based, Jordan Rubin. Yeah, and learned a bunch of stuff there. And, and so I read the book for Piper, and then it just, I was like, oh, gosh, I got to use this stuff for all of us because it just talked about all the preservatives uh, that are in so many products we eat Mm -hmm. and that your body doesn't know what to do with the preservatives, so they just float around in you. Um, And one of the things I learned from the book was third world countries, they die from malnutrition, but European and uh, U.S., we die from all these diseases, and they're suspecting it has to do with a lot of, of the junk that's in the food. And you know the Alzheimer's and the and the yeah that's cancer that's... and so then we just started cooking and baking and whatnot doing it differently. That's good. Not that I don't need my bag of chips because I do. <laughs> do you guys like uh, wild game or do you eat a lot of fish or anything like that? Yeah, we eat a lot of fish, and um, I'm not a super gamey person, but um, mm. you know we always try and like buy. A half of a beef or something like that. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah. Better for you, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Start getting into the the discussions about your gut biome, and it's really interesting. It's like a second brain, I've heard. That's what the book says. Your gut is the oh. second brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of influencing some of your decision-making, they think, right? It was the way your gut biome... Uh, well, if, if I remember, and this is a long time ago I read it, but it it dictates, you know, just basically how your your body's going to operate on something uh, on different levels and stuff and when it's got all this garbage in it it doesn't know what to do like uh antibiotics they're good for you they get rid of you know whatever the disease is but Mm -hmm. then they clean out your gut so then you don't have the good bacteria in your gut and you got to figure out how to get the good bacteria back in your gut when you're doing antibiotics or, you know, and Piper was just living on antibiotics nonstop. That's yeah. all she ever did. Um, so, you know, we had to learn out a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was, it was good. I mean, I'm, it's, people have asked me about like with Piper and stuff, well, would you do it again? It's like, well, you never want to see your child go through that. That's the hardest thing I've ever done ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. But, I think I was meant to go through it because I was meant to change and I was meant to become something different than if I would have never gone through it. Sure. And just things like, you know, the things that we learn. Yeah. Wow. So. The man upstairs had to have known that you and Piper were better suited to handle these kinds of trials than myself or anybody else that's oh, you don't, you know, lucky you, enough to not have to deal with someone. No, you don't, you don't know that. You don't know that. There's yeah. more to you than you realize. And that's, sure. I think that's the human spirit. There's more to you than you realize. Mm-hmm. I think diet's becoming a lot larger part of a lot of people's lives. I just feel like there's so much more information out there now about yeah. it. Like, I mean, there's whole autoimmune diets. Like, that's kind of what my wife is getting into. Um, she was diagnosed earlier this year with postural uh, orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Whoa. And so, uh, POTS, for short. <laughs> um and it's 
one thing that can help a lot is is diet. So she's been really concentrating on that helping her. And and I think, you know, talking about the dance team <laughs> thing and everything, it's what you put into yourself is what you have to work with. So that's way back in the 90s when I was like, I got to give these kids more. I'm yelling and screaming at them, wanting to get something from them that I can't get because I've never given it to them. I've never invested in them to get that mm. and i think the same thing works with your body um you know like i don't have the body i used to have um but fitness for me it's really 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 important mm-hmm. um just how it makes you feel and you know like uh dr zimmerman he has a poster in in his room when you get adjusted and there's dentures sitting in a cup and it says what are you gonna do when your back gives out i'm like yeah right you, know, so, uh, you gotta take care of these gifts that you've been given yeah and then if you don't invest in it you're not gonna have anything to work with so i guess I that's start, i gotta start investing more <laughs> yeah you know and that's i guess what, what i i was for i wasn't forced i chose to look at the diet because of piper and it's like okay there's some really good information here that I, I was just as careless as the next person, you know, you know oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, later, mm-hmm. later, later. Well, I oh, needed yeah. to take care of it now. I needed to take care of it now. And then is it, are we perfect? Absolutely not. But we do at least look at things and, you know, um, try to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say this before, before we go, um, we were talking with, Dean about um, statues in the city last time. I think there should be a Debbie Kishpaw statue put up in the city. If there's not, I don't, there isn't already, right? <laughs> Dean brought that up to me and I said, That's so no, funny. No, because Debbie, we need everybody that has a statue is dead. And <laughs> well, I'm, not pla- <laughs> no. I'm just saying, at and some point. Okay. I like being alive right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was gonna, okay, the discussion then is you at least need to retire. Is that, you're, then you're okay with a statue or. I don't need any of that. I don't need any of that. <laughs> well, that's very it's just awkward you. to me, you know. That's very right, humble. Go, that's <laughs> and I, I I'm like... a very critical person, too, so I'd be, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they should do it while you're alive then, so you can yeah, sign Yeah, you can off be the judge, it. and yeah. that's right. I think, yeah, yeah no, I, we definitely need a Debbie Kishpah oh, statue yeah. in the city at some point. So I just wanted to get that in there before. That's we'll, just We'll get the ball rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Linebackers club, your move. <laughs> so I take it, are you, are you not a person that takes compliments very, very well? Mm, no. Um, I, I take them to heart, but I don't like making a big deal about it. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, that's fine. Okay, let's go. We have practice. <laughs> Next, let's go. <laughs> we have practice. Uh-huh. Oh, that's funny. Well, thank you so much for, oh, thank you. for joining us. Yeah. yeah. Really appreciate you giving us your time, your wisdom, and sharing some some really great personal stories. So and yeah, blowing our mind with dance knowledge. Yeah, we may have to do this again sometime, Debbie. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and you know, I just love kids and I love athletes. I mean, I really do. I just, I I did sports in high school and college, and I really am just um, in awe of at well, not just athletes. I am of artists and. <laughs> People that are academic, I don't get because that's way above my caliber. <laughs> but anybody that's artistic or an athlete, I'm just in awe of them. It's just something I love to see. I mean, it really is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything that, like, uh, Junior Jam or anything you can kind of plug here at the end that, you know, go sign up for Oh, this yeah. Or... So how can we get kids involved in, in dance? Um, I, ha- I do have uh, juniorjamdance.com. I have a website, and you can go look at that. Um, now that the new year's coming, I have a lot of, uh, I hate using the word old, uh, dancers <laughs> that are at the studio teaching um, different things. So if you're a mom wanting to get fit come the new year, we have Melissa Gamble and... Um, uh, Sarah Spratling or Sp- Sarah Leonard and Hannah Smith or Michaela or McCallum, um, Michelle Miller, myself, they're at the studio 
teaching different things. You know, if you're a mom and you want to get fit, there's more going on at the studio than just tap and jazz and ballet and hip hop and all that kind of stuff. So if your mom and want to get fit, you can do that. What I think you need is classes for dads that want to get fit, <laughs> like Ryan and I. The dad go. bod program. Yeah. I like it. We did something two years ago, and it was so fun. Is the kid? We had one week, and the kids got to invite you know, their dad or their mom or whatever to come take class. Oh, okay. And we just, you know, we didn't make them do, we warmed up and we stretched and then we got to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was a hoot. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Now that, now that we're talking about it, I just remember doing the boys dance team like every year. Oh because yeah. Because you would, you would have dancers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Pick out, boy, pick out boys or just whoever wanted yeah, to do it. I can't yeah. remember. One of the funniest ones was, was the one we did, Nutcracker, where mm. the girls were the soldiers and the boys were the ballerinas. <laughs> and we did that at Christmas time, and it was so funny. It was hilarious. Gosh. And the girls got to dress their guys, so some of them got big pink tutus and <laughs> pink feathers and pink everything. I mean, they really went the distance on making sure their guy was... Pink. <laughs> I just remembered a dancing, uh, dancing to "Sexy" back by Justin Timberlake. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we yeah. have this on camera somewhere? <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> That's so great. Well, thanks so much, Debbie. Thank you. We really appreciate and good luck. It. Good luck. Yeah, appreciate it.